Moral courage seeks to understand, and therefore offers a more unified path forward. In a recent thought exchange survey a public school board held, they asked the community to list qualities they felt a new director should have, and what this future leader's priority should be as elected trustees prepared to embark on the process of hiring a new director. I took the time to go through that survey and identified some common themes in a Google Sheet. One theme that stands out is that 14% of the 389 comments mentions the word race or racism either directly or indirectly. With the topic of race so common throughout these thoughts, and with Bill 67, Racial Equity in the Education System Act 2022, passing second reading within the Legislative Assembly of Ontario, critical race theory, CRT, and anti-racism practices seem destined to make their way into our public institutions. Any system or policy rooted in racial equity on the surface seems like a logical path to eradicate hate and racism, doesn't it? So, let's briefly explore the anti-racism and CRT practices most prevalent in our society. Quote, the claim of not racist neutrality is a mask for racism. End quote. Ibram X. Kendi. In Kendi's book, How to Be an Anti-Racist, he points out that white supremacist Richard Spencer who, like Donald Trump, claims to be not racist, define the word racist as a pejorative word, a word or phrase that has negative connotations that is intended to disparage or belittle. And that this is the equivalent of saying, I don't like you. Kendi goes on to state that, quote, one of the core principles of anti-racism is to return the word racist itself back to its proper usage. Racist is not, as Richard Spencer argues, a pejorative. It is descriptive. And the only way to undo racism is to constantly identify and describe it, and then dismantle it. The attempt to turn this usefully descriptive term into an almost unusable slur is, of course, designed to do the opposite, to freeze us into inaction, end quote. Since a local racism scandal this past year, I have prepared myself to enter this discussion by reading books by authors like Kendi, Robin D'Angelo, White Fragility, and Desmond Cole, The Skin We're In. I embarked on this journey to broaden my understanding of the local issue and critical race theory as a whole. Sometimes you read something that just seems wrong. I know as a person of pale pigmentation that perhaps I should not have a say in whether the themes in these three book titles or the social, political, and mainstream media smearings of innocent people based on CRT ideologies represent the right or wrong way forward. But in a democratic society, Definition and consequence are indeed all of our responsibilities. We live in a world where you can be called racist for saying something that even remotely resembles the term all lives matter, when a response back in conversation would be, of course all lives matter, but that is not what we mean. Similar responses would be retorted if you questioned defunding the police, which many will decry is about shifting spending to social programs, even though many actually do want to literally abolish police dismantle our public institutions, and release all prisoners. Our society seems to love catchphrases that require further definition and defense, and the word racist has found its way into the socio-political void of words that are losing all meaning. To say that racist isn't a pejorative word is to state that calling someone a racist doesn't have negative connotations that are intended to disparage or belittle. For anyone who follows stories about racism in the news and social circles and in political arenas, 
You've seen the hatred and vitriol tossed at individuals that, regardless of your possible distaste for their opinions, may be racist by anti-racism definitions, but may not be based on the definition of word that many of us grew up with. After reading Kendi, Cole, and D'Angelo, I am not even sure many of the shouts of so-called racist actions fit anti-racism definitions either. I mean no disrespect to the authors I have cited, or those educators within our local board that have spent a great deal of time working on our homegrown anti-racism curriculum, Learn, Disrupt, Rebuild, or LDR, which never went through any committee or community consultation, by the way. These names mentioned are those who remain behind the scenes, represent years of experience and research, but it is extremely important that we acknowledge that CRT is one theory. Unfortunately, the research I feel that is missing from this dogma is a type of questioning and curiosity that we see in author Safraz Manzur's recent book, They, What Muslims and Non-Muslims Get Wrong About Each Other. It is a fantastic journey of understanding what in so many cases are misunderstandings about our others. It's inspiring to read about how interfaith work has brought Muslims and Jews together to see how similar their perceived differences are. I do not think the answer is to start movements like we see south of the border to ban CRT completely, because I do not believe in trying to mute any voice, even though it is exactly what dominant anti-racism and critical race theory practices achieve in action. What they have done in Britain, however, is ban teaching of CRT in an echo chamber void of an opposing view. What I want for my children and the future of humanity is the ability to continue to feel free to question and grow our opinions, for our kids to think for themselves and to formulate their opinions on a diversity of views, and that those opinions continue to change as the years behind them increase. I want our youth to be taught in a system that grows a love for continuous learning above all else. If they enjoy learning and feel compelled to do so without judgment, their views might not always be in line with their closest allies, but their approach for their other's humanity will mean that they can still live in harmony and be all in on love, but not all in on opinion. As it relates to the local issue that sparked this past year's inner journey, a teacher had encouraged their students to write letters denouncing these racist acts. My question was, did students study the local issue as a class? Did they reach out to or get to know the human side of the accused? Do they understand anti-racism and alternative lenses to view these socio-political issues like those offered by Urshad Manji or Chloe S. Valdery? Only after all those boxes are checked can students make an informed decision rather than merely trusting the biased opinions of someone else's beliefs. I know anti-racism makes sense in name, as we all want to see hatred for others based on race, or policies or laws that negatively impact racialized people, women, indigenous, for LGBTQ plus communities eradicated and reformed. To truly understand the most common definitions of this movement, however, is to judge for yourself if you believe that this is what you want your children to learn as a standalone ideology. I'd encourage you to follow the brilliant mind of Chloe S. Valdery and learn about her theory of enchantment. Listen to John Wood Jr., Coleman Hughes, John McCorder, and my personal mentor, Urshad Manji, as well as countless others to see that there is a different way forward based on love and a genuine desire to understand those whose opinions differ from our own. I love people and the humanity in all of us. We all have a story to tell, and that is what truly defines us, not labels as Urshad Manji discusses in her book, Don't Label Me. 
When I read Ibram Kendi's plea to return the word racist to its proper place, I can't help but be reminded of the start of U2's version of Helter Skelter. Racist is a word white supremacists and Donald Trump stole from anti-racism. We are stealing it back. So many like myself are afraid of speaking up for fear of being called a racist and having our names and pictures plastered all over MSM and social media alongside that pejorative. For me, this fear means the word is lost. I question, why must we put everything all under one word anyway? Because no single label can define the plurality within all of us. Does the word mother truly define two people the same? How about politician, doctor, or teacher? They don't. That's why Urshad Manji prefers the label plural, multifaceted. The swastika used to be a symbol of divinity and spirituality in Indic religions, including Hinduism, Buddhism, and Jainism. But it's not a symbol anyone can steal back from Hitler or those who continue to herald his views. When I hear the word racist or so many terms within the anti-racism wheelhouse, they have come to mean nothing to me but anger, judgment, and virtue signaling. Why must we put so much pressure on one word when that word also represents the beliefs of Manson or Hitler? I have a problem putting the same label on, say, a parent, teacher, volunteer, or community leader because their questions or opinions fall within definitions of racism within a very complex theory that most are unaware of. Going back to Learn, Disrupt, Rebuild, to me a curriculum that's Logo also symbolizes the Black Lives Matter movement in the font case, colors, and the Rally Christ statement within its title is not built on a foundation of love, understanding, and growth. It does not align with the school board's vision of curiosity, creativity, and possibility either. Personally, I have no desire to see LDR taught to my children on its own or as a mandatory learning. I see value in, perhaps, some consulted version of this curriculum in an optional high school class where students can take a deeper dive into socio-political issues. To find the way forward, we have to ask ourselves what we want. What is our goal? To get to the solution, one must first seek to understand the problem. Urshad Manji truly defines the world I envision through her writing, her public speaking engagements, and through her Moral Courage College, which seeks to unify and humanize employees, reconcile social justice and free speech, empower students and teachers to hear, not fear, different perspectives, diversity without division, the no-shaming alternative to mainstream inclusion training. This is something that I can envision embedding in our relationships, the workplace, and in education because moral courage seeks to understand and therefore offers a more unified path forward. Ridley College, an independent world preparatory school here in southern Ontario, recently invited Urshad Manji to their campus. They wish to relay her moral courage message in an effort to explore ways they can embed her teachings into their curriculum in an attempt to make Ridley College a more inclusive place for all. It is my wish that other boards will follow suit with Ridley. I also hope that a curriculum like LDR and proposed policies like Bill 67 that seek to embed CRT into our boardrooms and classrooms will be replaced with teachings from leaders who see the humanity in us, not our labels. We have seen how misguided labels have ruined the lives of people from within our own communities, parents, community leaders, and volunteers. And on a much larger scale, when we look to bright minds like Brett Weinstein or Jordan Peterson, to name just a couple of the many people whose careers have been shattered by consequence culture. In an interview with Af Africa Book by Jordan and Michaela Peterson, Africa talks about how she let the trusted opinions of others define her own sentiments towards Jordan. 
She said she had vowed to never in my life listen to anything this man has to say, based on a three-minute clip she had seen. Africa is one example out of many of the importance of forming our own opinions and questioning others' hatred of those we do not know. Quote, what I am truly afraid of is existing in a world that forces me to submit to an ideology without question. Otherwise, I am to be shamed or pressured to shame myself and cast out of the community. End quote. Africa Brooke, London-based writer and speaker, from her open letter, Why I Am Leaving the Cult of Wokeness. Speaking of Jordan, my family and I were out to dinner the other day and his name came up. Our server overheard us and was very quick to jump in to tell us how Jordan's book, 12 Rules for Life, changed him in very positive ways. One person's villain is another's hero. You don't have to like it, but when we accept this reality, we can find a more unified path forward. When you see people outside of venues hosting Jordan Peterson locally this year, screaming hateful speak while protesting that we shouldn't allow his opinions into our cities, the video I cited of Africa, Jordan and Michaela, or the February 2021 interview between Brett Weinstein and Jordan, will show you an intelligent, emotional man whose opinions, although from a place of high and continued education, may differ from your own, but his humanity is very real and raw. Don't be so quick to judge, and don't rely on anyone's opinions but your own to base the character of another. Your haste has the power to ruin others without the hard work of learning before thrusting fists into the red skies of cancel culture. Dishonest diversity labels people as a substitute for understanding them. Honest diversity moves people beyond prefabricated labels, whether white male or queer Muslim. Urshad Manji, author of Don't Label Me. These are my opinions at this moment. Who knows what tomorrow will teach me about the humanity in all of us. You have been listening to Larry Patterson Jr. on the Theos podcast. Empathy, courage, intention. Don't be afraid. Be empowered.